Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I feel like over the course of the season, you get an interesting opportunity, whatever game, whatever team you watch the most of, right? Everybody out there listening to me right now has a favorite team. You, Most of you out there would have a team that you watch every snap of. I watch a lot of football, right? I don't watch every snap of every game in college football and the NFL. That would be virtually impossible. But I'm in like probably the 99th percentile for – people who watch football games. I'm way up there, so I watch a lot. But I never miss a snap of the University of Tennessee or the Tennessee Titans. And so last night I went to the Titans-Colts game in Nashville. It's the fourth game that I've been to uh, in Nissan Stadium this season. I'm a season ticket holder for the Titans. And it was funny, like as I was sitting down, so I took my 10-year-old, who is a huge fan, and we took one of his friends, and then I had a buddy that I was meeting there. And so, uh, you know, we're all sitting down, and my wife has tracked down the tweets that I sent last year after the Titans choked away a game against the Colts. And it was me saying that I'm done with the Colts-Titans series. Because I really do feel like at some point, if the same thing happens over and over and over again, you just have to go back and say, I don't know why I'm investing time and effort and energy in this when we already know how it's going to end. And I I don't think a lot of people realize because the Titans haven't been like super awful. They haven't been great, but they haven't been super awful. I don't think a lot of people realize how 
badly the Colts dominate this Titans-Colts series. And so since 2008, which is a long time, right? Going all the way back to 2008, the Titans and the Colts have played 23 times. The Colts have won 19 of them. Do you know how hard it is to go 19-4 and against somebody in the NFL? And it's not like we're talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick here. We're talking about the Colts who have gone through multiple coaches. They've gone through multiple quarterbacks during that period. I mean, going all the way back to 2008 is Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, which, by the way, was unbelievably fortunate for the Colts. Then a couple of years of uh, Jacoby Brissett off and on. And now they got Phillip Rivers, and it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Colts. They go out and they beat the Titans. And so the Titans are now 4-19 and in the last uh, 23 games, and they're 2-8 and at home. And I've watched all of those games. And so last year, I said, I'm done. I'm not going in person to any more of these games. Then my 10-year-old wanted to go. And so I decided to go, and the whole way back, driving back from this game, I'm like, why, why did I make the decision to do this? Why do I put myself through this? I'm too old for this. I'm 41. My life for things that I control goes pretty well. My business goes pretty well. I make those decisions. I can run it. My radio show goes pretty well. I make those decisions. I can run it. Why would I let an incompetent franchise have any control over the way that I feel in any way. Because the Titans are incompetent in this series. The city of Indianapolis basically has a mortgage on Nissan Stadium. The Titans are paying rent to the Colts. The Colts own them. The Colts own the Titans franchise. The Titans are a subsidiary of Indianapolis Colts Football, Inc. They can't win. And it's almost impossible to lose this many games in the NFL, which is set up to create parity. And I'm basically over it. I'm going to have to retire again. Dub, did you look up? Because I was kind of curious, like, the Jets are awful, right? And the Patriots are good. I bet that... 4-19 4-19 and 19 is somewhat similar to what the Jets have done against the Patriots in their last 23. Well, you're right on the number. 4-19, and 19, the low lives, the New York Jets against the mighty New England Patriots. That makes sense, right? The Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick going 19-4 and four in their last 23 against the New York Jets. But you mentioned the Titans and you mentioned the Colts. I mean, they're pretty even for the most part. Now, year that's in and what year people out. think who don't watch these games. I mean, other than this series, I'm saying, you know, you'd, you'd think this year, for instance, they're they're fairly even teams. And you go back over the last 10 or 12 years, they're pretty even. You know, obviously the Colts had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, but the Tennessee Titans aren't a horrible franchise. They're they're a decent team year in and year out. This is this is like a total the Titans impossibility. Are the, most, the Titans are, to be frank, the most mediocre possible franchise. I, I, the Titans own eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, like nobody's business. 
The no, the Titans have had four straight winning seasons. I believe I'm correct in this. All four of them have been nine and seven. Like it's, it, it, they're probably going to go nine and seven for a fifth straight year. So the level of slightly above mediocrity or slightly below mediocrity that the Titans are capable of accomplishing is really something. Because you look at all the other teams that have winning records over the last four years, and like they have a higher ceiling, right? Like, oh, they went 13-3. and three. Oh, they went 12-4. and four. No, the I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go ahead and write the Titans, even this year, tantalizing. They started off 5-0, and oh, and you're like, maybe this is the year the Titans really break through that 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, and seven type seal. No, they're going to go 4, whatever the math is. When you start off 5-0, and oh, they're going to go 4-7 and seven to finish the season, and they are going to go 9-7. and seven. I mean, it's just, it's like uh, uh, Jeff Fisher was the king of this. Didn't matter what Jeff Fisher did, he went 8-8. Eight and eight. That's what he did with the Titans for all those years. And now the Titans have got a new coach. It's like the third different coach they've had since they fired Jeff Fisher. And all of them go eventually, like at the peak of their abilities, they go like nine and seven. I can't figure it out. Like, I don't understand how it's possible that the ceiling for the Titans is basically nine and seven. Like, that's what the franchise is. Everything goes well. We're going to find a way to go nine and seven. And here we are again. You know what I, I can tell you? I can I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. The Titans are going to lose in ten days to the Ravens. That'll drop them to six and four. Then they're going to go on the road and they're going to lose to the Colts, and that will drop them to six and five. And they will have started off five and zero oh, and followed up five and zero oh by going one and five, right? And then they'll be coming back home to play the Browns. And everybody's going to be like, well, this is a really big game. And I'm going to be like, why do I care? I don't know. I don't. I shouldn't have come out of retirement. I shouldn't have gone to this game last night. I should have just stayed at home. I could have turned it off the whole second half. I mean, did you see that punt? How can a professional punt the ball like that? I don't even know what the... Like, I am professional on the radio. I don't even know what the equivalent of me kicking the ball... like. If 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 I were as bad at my job as that ignoramus loser punter was when he punted the ball, what was it like an eighteen yard punt? I think in it was an NFL game. A, a seven. It wasn't blocked, right? No, it was not touched, other than the side of his foot. I mean, a seventeen yard punt in an NFL game. That would be me coming on national radio and and dropping like five curse words in a row which is, by the way, what I want to do describing that punt, and just walking out of the studio and not showing up for the rest of my show. It's so bad that you should no longer be able to be a professional again if you do that. That's like at the, that's like at the Masters. If somebody was uh, like getting set to hit their tee shot and they just swung and missed at the tee shot. It's so bad that as a professional... You shouldn't be capable of doing that. What was it, a 17-yard punt? 17 yards. I mean, that basically decided the game. I mean, you, your punter should never be so bad in an NFL game that he decides the game with his incompetence. 
a, a 17-yard punt that nobody, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the, the 17-yard punt is so Titans it hurts. That's what a, a team that has gone 4-19 and against another team does. I, it's just, it's infuriating. Everyone Dude, in that when's stadium. Is there is there is there a I mean in all honesty. When is the last time that there was a 17-yard punt? I'm not talking about a block kick. I'm I'm giving the Titans uh, this punter is so bad that I am giving a pass to the block kick. I'm not even I'm not even I'm just assuming that of course he's going to get a block kick immediately returned perfectly for a touchdown. I'm just saying, when's the last time without being blocked that an NFL punter kicked the ball 17 yards? And, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, a 100-mile-an-hour winds blowing into his face. Or it wasn't so dark all the lights were out and he couldn't actually see the ball. I mean, just you're there, you drop the ball, and it goes 17 yards. When's the last time that happened? Where did this guy come from? What, what, they tried out a bunch of new punters. Why are you signing a new punter? I, I mean this honestly. What was this guy doing beforehand? Does anybody know? How are you not employed as a punter and then you get employed and kick in an NFL game? What are you doing all day? What is your real life job? Does, I, I don't even know how you train as a punter. Does he just have a big bag of balls and he just shows up in a park and just picks the, like, does he have a snapper with him? I mean, I'm 100% serious about this. If you are not on an NFL team and you are trying to be a punter, how in the world do you do that? How do you train? You don't have a long snapper with you, do you? Do you just, like, stack a bag of balls and, like, is it like being a golfer? And you just pick one ball up after another? Maybe that's his problem. He hasn't actually had to field the snap and kick. He's just been leaning over, picking up his bag of balls and putting. I, this is so incompetent. This seven. What did you look up stats, Dub, on the punting? Yeah, I went to Reddit because I figured with something like this, it's the place to go. And there was a punter by the name of Brian Barker who played for the Washington at the time Redskins. And in 2003, here was his punting stat line. He had a 16-yard punt. And these are all not blocked, by the way. 16-yard yeah. punt, 9-yard punt, 28-yard punt, and then he really kicked it into gear with a 39-yard punt that to finish things multiple off. Multiple kicks for the – I mean, I just I, – I, I, I don't understand how a punter can be so bad. Like, I shouldn't leave an NFL game and be furious at the punter. Right? I mean, I just – how – where did this guy come from? Why is he so bad? What? I, and why did I put myself in a position to go sit and watch this in person? The second half was—I mean, it was like it was like Chinese water torture. I mean, play after play after play. When is Philip Rivers going to retire? Philip Rivers only exists at this point to torment teams that I root for. The Titans were like the only team that couldn't beat the Chargers. The Chargers lose every imaginable way, except the Titans couldn't beat them. They beat the, finally beat Phillip Rivers last year on a crazy goal line stand situation. But 
I wa- I mean, sometimes sitting up and being able to see the entire field is better in terms of understanding what's going on in a game than being watching on television. So I had, you know, up in the stands, able to see the entire field. Philip Rivers, no one ever got close to Philip Rivers except for the one sack that the Titans got at the end of the half. And then do you know what the guy did? He got up and celebrated so Philip Rivers could get back and get the playoff. Did you notice that play, Dub? The Titans got a sack on the only sack they got on Philip Rivers the whole game. Near the end of the first half, the Colts have no timeouts. The guy gets the sack, the only one the Titans would get all game, gets up, celebrates the sack, instead of laying on Phillip Rivers as long as he possibly could to allow the clock to run out, and the Colts got the ball grounded with one second left, and then they kicked a field goal. It's just it, it, it's just incompetence of the highest level. I think I could have punted better than that guy. I, I really do. I think I could have been a better punter than that ignoramus 17-yard, 18-yard punter. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com dot com slash sports tire rack dot com the way tire buying should be joined now as we often are by lance taylor at the lance taylor 94.5 jocks down in birmingham lt let's start off here i know we started talking nfl uh thursday night football action to begin the show but you are down in alabama and on thursday show I just went off on the absurdity of this contact tracing on the fact that games are getting canceled over one positive test in Missouri and two positive tests in Texas A&M. Like, this is just all the height of absurdity. What is the read on the ground down in Alabama where both Auburn and Alabama had games postponed this weekend? Yeah, I think a lot of people are baffled, Clay, and a lot of people are frustrated, and it seemed like everything was running so smoothly, at least when it came to the SEC, and now we went from one cancellation to all of a sudden we've got five cancellations. And, you know, you look at Alabama's situation, and, and, you know, Nick Saban has been so vigilant, and I don't know if you heard his sound bites talking about when they were off last week and some players wanted to get home. or He said, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell them that they couldn't go home, really didn't want them to go home. Um, so we sent them with a care package, which included gloves and hand sanitizer. And we did a, we did a zoom call with their parents to explain, you know, how vigilant everyone needs to be when they go back home. And then you hear reports that LSU, their players, um, are going to a Halloween party. And you just wonder how many teams that have lost a game or two or three that are out of a picture of winning a championship are going to be vigilant. How many of these guys that are 20 that have, you know, for the last two or three months, They've been in this bubble, and now they want to get out and they want to be college kids again. And now that there's nothing in front of them like a championship, how lax they're going to be, and it will affect other programs like Alabama and Ohio State now. And, you know, I I agree with you. The contact tracing, I don't understand it. You know, I was on a plane a couple of weeks ago. There's a good chance I was sitting in the vicinity of somebody that had COVID. Um, Am I not supposed to go to restaurants now? Am I not supposed to see my kids? I just, I, you know, if you're asymptomatic, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it either. And the, the wildest thing to me, and I, and I went off on this yesterday, but I've heard from a lot of coaches and administrators and, and, and whatnot associated with college athletics is you're actually better off LT to test positive because once you test positive, you're able to come back within 10 days. And almost all these guys are asymptomatic. But if you uh, are quarantined and you never test positive, you could be quarantined multiple times during the course of a season and not be able to play, right? I mean, it's just the height of madness. Yeah, I mean, that really makes zero sense. So when you've got it, you're really less I – don't, I don't know if punished is a good word to use here. Um, but, I mean, guys could miss the majority of the season just from the, the contract tracing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all, right? 
I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really don't understand it. I mean, we know it's all about the optics. And, you know, the, I, I, the interesting thing here is I know there's a million different vaccines, and a lot of people say these things are, you know, 90% conclusive, and we're going to have these up by the end of the year, the beginning of the year. Um, you know, there's still a chance we're going to be in this situation next year. And I find it so hard to believe if we're in this exact situation that we will treat this the way we're treating it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, there's a lot of truth to that. We're talking to Lance Taylor. Having said that, have you thought about the craziness that could emerge in the Big Ten? It seems like, in the SEC at least, Florida's pretty much set, barring a crazy outcome, to be the SEC East representative, and Alabama is set to be the SEC West representative. In other words, we've played enough games to kind of have a good sense for where this uh, season is trending towards, right, in both divisions. But with Ohio State getting their game canceled against Maryland, have you walked through this uh, this possibility? We talked about it on the show yesterday. Like, what happens, honestly, if you end up with a situation where Ohio State is not able to play this weekend, Indiana goes out and beats Michigan State, and then they aren't able to play against Ohio State, which knocks Ohio State down to, at most, six regular season games. Indiana goes on and wins the next three they would be the Big Ten East champ at 7-0, and never having played Ohio State, who would presumably finish 6-0. and I, I have not played out that scenario. I mean, and how crazy is the that, record, though? Well, it's insane. And for the record, I think Indiana's pretty good. You know, Joe Milton did help them out a little bit with a couple of picks last week. Yeah. And Michigan was sloppy with the, the eight, eight penalties, and they were terrible on third down conversions. But Michael Penix finally showed up and had a productive day, as did Stevie Scott. I mean, Tom Allen, obviously the guy can coach. You know, I don't know if they're the 10th best team in the nation, but, I mean, that realistically could play out because I think the Big Ten is down a little bit, at least the small sample size that I have seen this year. I don't know what you do in that situation. You know, and we've been talking about now that the NFL, and look, everything in such an atypical year has been done differently. You know, we had that 60-game Major League Baseball sprint, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it was great. Um, The NFL, there's there's a chance we're going to go to 16 teams in the postseason. Yep. Why can't we just have eight teams in a college football playoff just for this year, Clay, and have your five conference winners and maybe throw a bone to a group five, especially with the way BYU and Cincinnati are playing right now, and then have two wild cards? I mean, it would just make the most sense. I talked to uh, to Greg Sankey, you know, who I know you know well, the commissioner of the SEC. He was on our show yesterday, and he made an interesting point on that. It's that it's going to be hard, potentially, to get the playoff done with four teams involved, given all the contact tracing and the positive elements. The more playoff teams you have in college football outside of a bubble, potentially the more of an issue you have being able to finish the season. And so I do think that kind of factors in. In other words, this is not necessarily the year you want to add complexity. Now, you can certainly point to the NHL expanded their playoffs. The NBA effectively expanded their playoffs with the way they did the bubble to finish the regular season to begin with. The NFL is expanding. I think they were going to do it anyway, but they've gone to 14 playoff teams. Now they would theoretically go to 16. And uh, and, and certainly Major League Baseball expanded their playoffs as well. I think the difference is they were able to get all those teams inside of a bubble. Now, I do think this is an intriguing question. Would it be possible to get all eight teams from college football into a bubble scenario uh, where you had them all playing you know, inside of one location, things like that? Then I think it would become a little bit more of an intriguing possibility, but, uh, but I think they're going to stick it for. 
Yeah, I think they probably will too. And I, you know, I don't know how you would pull out that bubble because I guess that would be really the start of the spring semester. I don't think you and I care really about the academics um, and what would be going on at the beginning of that semester. I don't know, man. I don't know how this thing plays out. You know, I was talking to different people, not anybody necessarily on the inside of college football, but just based on these massive uh, amounts of cancellation, there's a lot of people that believe that we're not even going to be able to get through this college football season. I think we'll find a way through. Uh, I really do. But I do think the contact tracing is really the issue. It's not really positive tests. And I know there's a lot of people on college campuses who believe, you know, the the kids are all mostly going away on the campus and finishing uh, at Thanksgiving, right? They, they, they've changed the altered the semester. So they're not going to go home for Thanksgiving at most places, come back and finish their exams and everything else that once those kids are off of campuses, which will start to happen soon, the number of distractions will decline. I, you know, look, I'm not surprised that Halloween, which is one of the best weekends of the year on any college campus, and really it's one of the best weekends anywhere if you're a single 20 or 30-something out on uh, out on the town. But I'm not surprised that there would be temptations at Halloween that are different than uh, than maybe what ordinarily occurred during the semester. Yeah, look, and I agree with you. I think these next couple of weeks are going to be pivotal. I think if we make it up until the Thanksgiving holiday, and look, and I think there's going to be a trickle-down. I think, you know, most colleges aren't going to come back, and I think it'll trickle down to high school, middle school. I think a lot of these kids, once they're out for Thanksgiving, they just won't come back. I think one of the things from a sports perspective that's challenging about this is, I mean, think about college basketball. Everybody is so focused on college football right now and the fact that, that it's being played. But this was my argument that I made, LT, from the get-go. I said, this is crazy that people are talking about playing the Pac-12 or the Big Ten in December or January. I was like, that's the, t- the height of cold and flu season. So the likelihood is it's going to be more difficult then than it is in the summer when people are out and about and there's more sunshine, everything else is going well. But indoor basketball, you know, all what I call the Corona bros were fighting against the idea that you could play college football. And by and large, we have played college football. I think 85% of all scheduled games have gone off. I think if you had told the average person back in July, hey, you're going to play, but 85% of the games are going to be complete by mid-November, most people would have said that's a phenomenal, you know, success story so far. But when you look at uh, when you look at the indoor college basketball season – I'm kind of shocked it hasn't gotten more attention because these guys are going to be really in a difficult spot um, com- comparably, and you're going to have the same contact tracing issues, except unlike with a huge football team, you know, if you're knocking out a couple of basketball players, it, it goes pretty quick in terms of whether a team can play or not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the numbers are extremely different, and the NBA was able to pull this off because they had a bubble. And you give the NBA and Adam Silver a lot of credit. They were able to pull it off without really having any COVID incidents at all. But I think it's going to be nearly impossible when we're talking about the months of January and February. But come high, uh, hell or high water, the NCAA is going to have a tournament this year. I mean, you know how devastating not having that money on the books was last year. And there is zero chance that you missed that back-to-back years. But I really wonder how abbreviated some of these seasons are going to be because you're right on the numbers. I mean, you start missing, you know, two or three guys, you can't play a game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's insanely difficult. I don't think there's any doubt at all. How much did you enjoy watching the Masters in November? I mean, I don't know how big of a golf guy you are in general. I know we've gone out and golfed a few times. But, you know, this speaks to, I do think we underrate the fact that Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL – 
uh, certainly uh, all those sports found a way to finish. I think the NFL and I think college football will also. But to have all of these uh, golf events be able to figure out how to get done as well, even if it means playing the Masters in November, is pretty phenomenal. Well, you know, I'm a casual golf fan. I love the Masters, obviously, in April, and I'm all in, and I'm usually in a huge Masters pool, and I was refusing to get in it until Thursday morning when the deadline was at 6 a.m. So yeah. at 5.45, I was putting my golfers in because I started to look at it, and I was like, you know, the Saturday slate is not going to be nearly as good as it once was because of the yeah. cancellations. And then you look at the early Sunday games in the NFL. It's 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 a bunch of garbage. I mean, the, the late games are the good ones because CBS is going to make sure that Masters coverage is wrapped up before those 325 Central Time games kick. So I decided to jump in. You know, um, I watched on Thursday. I'll be watching today. Um, but it's just not as exciting to me, man. It's just such a weird year, man. I can't get my bearings straight. You mentioned the NFL and how uh, weird the schedule is in general because of the Masters. A lot of the best games are kicking off at uh, in the in the second in the afternoon as opposed to the early part of the day. And so one of the biggest games is the Seahawks on the road against the Rams. I feel like a lot of people haven't paid attention to the Rams. I know you're a huge Rams fan. Uh, when you look at that Seahawks-Rams matchup, what do you think happens? Well, I'm going to give all of your listeners a free pick here. Um, and it is the Rams minus one and a half where that number sits right now. Look, this Rams team, Brandon Staley in year one is their defensive coordinator. They are dialed in. They are legitimately one of the three best defenses in the NFL right now. And obviously that's led by Aaron Donald. And you look at the Seahawks since 2015, Russell Wilson, 37 and 17 against all NFC teams, not named the Rams. He's only three and seven against the Rams. They are his kryptonite. It starts with Aaron Donald. Jared Goff to me is by far the weak link of this Sean McVay team. Um, you know, if, if, if somehow he can start to play a little more consistently, the offensive line's playing great. He's got weapons. I mean, you've got three capable running backs. But I love the Rams coming off a of bye in this spot. They've won five straight home games. Um, and Seattle's defense is garbage, man. They're giving up over 30 points per game. They get Carlos Dunlap in. Jamal Adams comes back, and it doesn't make a difference. Buffalo scores 44 on them. So I fully expect the Rams to go out. I think the Rams win the game by double digits. Biggest game last weekend in the NFC, I don't think there's any doubt, was what the Saints did to the Bucks. Aberration or reflection that the Saints should be considered a real legitimate Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I think the Saints have got to be a real Super Bowl contender. I hate saying that. My least favorite team in the NFL is the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, I think, you know, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders coming back, I think that was kind of a jolt in the arm. Their defense is playing much better than anyone expected. And when you talk about the weak link on that team, it's probably Drew Brees. But I'll take that weak link. I mean, he's still – you remember well when Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, he was a shell of himself. But still, you know, his, his football IQ – and the way people played around him, I think that's what you're going to get with Drew Brees down the stretch. And and it seems like it's a week-to-week thing when we're trying to figure out who the best team in the NFC is because most people said going into that Sunday night matchup, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Now everyone's saying it's the New Orleans Saints. I don't necessarily think it's knee-jerk. I do think it's a really weird year in the NFL. Obviously, we've got one undefeated team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They struggled in a flat spot last week against Dallas. But I'm starting to think there's six, seven, eight teams that actually could win the Lombardi Trophy this year. Not only that, LT, you know, I think there's going to be a decent chance, right? When you look at the NFL changing the rules and saying they could have eight NFC and eight AFC teams in the playoffs, we already know they're going to have 14. I think it's a good chance that you're going to have to win three games to get to the uh, Super Bowl. 
which, you know, typically it's hard to go from the wild card and win three straight playoff games. It almost never happens. I think the last time it happened that we had a wild card Super Bowl champ was all the way back in 2012. Usually getting those bye weeks is a big deal. Right now there's only one team in each uh, conference that would get a bye week. I think before all is said and done, we're going to need everybody to win three, meaning there will be no bye weeks because I think they're going to have to have some cancellations in the NFL schedule. And if that happens, it's even more of a wild outcome, right? Because you got no real home field advantage to speak of this year. And then everybody's got to win three. It doesn't, it seems to me, every year you want to be able to get in the playoffs. But usually if you get in the playoffs with a bye, it makes a substantial difference. It seems to me that's not going to be the case this year. Yeah, I agree with you. You can almost every year pencil in the one or two seed in each conference to get to a Super Bowl. I think the buy is typically that important. And now if you don't have that buy, and then again, when we talk about parity in the NFL, I mean, just imagine eight no Pittsburgh, or let's just say that they hold on to that number one seed, and let's say the Miami Dolphins backdoor their way into the, into the postseason, the way they've played the last couple of weeks, they look like a postseason team. The emergence of Tua, that defense, Brian Flores can obviously coach – I mean, how comfortable would you be saying right now Pittsburgh beats Miami in round one, an 8-1? I don't think that's crazy at all to, to think that that's possible. I mean, when you look at, uh, at the NFL standings overall, I mean, there are a lot of different directions if they go to eight teams that things can go. And I don't think anybody would have an easy route. Honestly, we were talking about this the other day. You could maybe argue that the Bucks, as the five seed, getting to draw going on the road against the Eagles – end up with an easier matchup than the one or the two could. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just – I don't think there's any unbeatable teams out there. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a guy you don't want to face, but you saw him struggle last week with the Carolina Panthers, and that Panthers defense is not good in year one under Matt Rule. Um, You know, we saw them struggle, and they were lucky to beat the Chargers. Uh, You know, I don't know. I just don't know if there's an elite team in the NFL right now. I love this expanded playoff format because with my Rams coming off a bye, it almost guarantees them getting in the postseason. I think anyone at 9-7 and will get in uh, with eight teams in each conference. Um, But, you know, I'm really intrigued, and, you know, I I love the fact that they've expanded at least for this year. You know, typically I thought six in each conference was a good number, I wasn't crazy about them going to seven, but this year, just based on where everything is, I think it'll be super exciting. Yeah, look, I mean, you could end up in a scenario where you've got Pittsburgh going up against, I mean, there are a lot of different teams that are in the mix, right, depending on who wins the divisions and everything else, but you could end up with Indy, you could end up with the Titans, you could end up with the Dolphins. I mean, those are not easy games if Pittsburgh had to play the one versus the eight, right? No, and as you said, I mean, you know, Hines is one of the great uh, home field advantages. I mean, that is a great Steeler crowd, but now that you really don't have crowd as a factor, you know, that cold weather might do something. But outside of that, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. No no doubt at all. Uh, LT, appreciate the time, my man. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Masters. Enjoy the games. And uh, we'll try to talk to you next week. Yeah, look forward to it, Clay. Enjoy the games. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Usually on the final segment of the show on Thursday, I give you the college football gambling picks. Instead, we're going to do it right here. My thanks to Lance Taylor. Hope you guys enjoyed Thursday Night Football. Hope you got some bets in and won some money. And right off the top here, as we roll into the college football gambling picks, I want to remind you, State of Tennessee now has legal sports gambling. State of Tennessee now has legal sports gambling. 
FanDuel.com slash Clay. If you're listening in Tennessee, FanDuel.com slash Clay. Get $1,000 free roll. That is, you can risk up to $1,000 on your first bet, and FanDuel will refund it if you lose. That's about as good as it gets. FanDuel.com slash Clay. Go sign up today to get that offer. All right. Uh, We are rolling through the program, and uh, I'm going to hopefully make you guys some money. Now, the NFL picks, which we'll give you at the end of uh, the show, in the final hour of the show, in the final segment, they've been kind of on fire. We've been doing really, really well with the OutKick six-pack. We have not been doing as good uh, for a while, and this is kind of a mess, right? We've been kind of a mess. Partly it's because it's been tough to figure out who actually is going to be playing, what games are taking place. Right now, I'm going to give you eight games. Hopefully, they'll end up taking place. And as we roll through the course of these eight, hopefully we can have an 8 no weekend. I'm going to have Dub, who is the biggest gambler on the show other than me, uh, come in and agree or disagree with every one of these picks. All right, Indiana minus seven at Michigan State. Michigan State's been a tough team to figure out so far this year. Got beat by Rutgers. Uh, and then bounced back and beat Michigan, came back and got blown out again last week. I think Indiana, 3-0, and takes Tom Allen's team, takes it. Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, who came along a little bit, gets to 4-0 and puts themselves squarely in the Big Ten East mix with Ohio State on tap next week. I think Indiana wins this game by double digits. Indiana minus 7 at Michigan State is my play. And by the way, you heard me talking with Lance Taylor about this. How about if Indiana ended up not able to play Ohio State, won out the rest of their games, finished 7-0, and and got in over Ohio State because Ohio State was only able to play six games? That would be crazy. That's what I'd be nervous about if I'm a Buckeye fan, just that games might not be able to be played. Uh, how do you like this bet, positive or negative, from your perspective, Dub? Well, Indiana's certainly a surprise team, and they're certainly hot right now. And you're right, Michigan State, is a tough team to figure out. So I feel like I feel like Indiana's either going to blow them out or Michigan State's going to somehow win this game because that's just kind of been the theme of 2020 so far. But I think minus seven, I think that's probably a good play. Vanderbilt is on the road at Kentucky, and I love two parts of this game. I like Vanderbilt plus the points because Kentucky's offense is not very good. So plus 17.5, this number is out there. The under 42.5. Uh, I think Vanderbilt is that they play 10 games, going to go 0-10 in the SEC. And I don't know that anybody else will ever go 0-10. Kentucky cannot score on the offensive side of the ball at all. Uh, Six of the last eight games in this series have gone under 42.5. I like Kentucky to win something like 17-10, low scoring. They're going to not cover the number. I like Vandy plus the points and the under. What say you? Yeah, this game kind of reminds me of that Kentucky-Georgia game we saw a couple weeks ago. 14-3. to Yeah, super low-scoring game. I think this game's something similar. I think the under is probably my favorite play here, but yeah, I agree. We're running through, rolling through the picks, the college football uh, outkick picks. Arkansas, uh, sorry, Notre Dame up next at Boston College. Now, this is interesting because Notre Dame, the last time they beat a number one team in South Bend, was Florida State. You may remember that team. Certainly uh, one of the legendary college football teams back in the day. Warwick Dunn, Charlie Ward at quarterback, Bobby Bowden, legendary sideline coach. They won the game. uh, Notre Dame did. The next week, they lost a a stunner 
against Boston College. Now, I don't think history repeats itself, but I like Boston College plus two touchdowns in a battle of Catholic institutions to find a way to cover in this game, keep it somewhat close into the fourth quarter. Notre Dame not getting up big for two weeks in a row after the double overtime win over Clemson. I'm on the Irish plus 14. Yeah, this seems like the classic letdown spot. Notre Dame coming off the biggest win in their program in the past two decades, I'd say for sure. I mean, in Boston College, they played Clemson really tough. They've been moving the ball and scoring points on offense. I think 14 points is too many. I think it's close for the first three quarters, and then Notre Dame kind of pulls away at the end. Yeah, uh, so we're having a lot of agreements here, which might make people nervous out there. All right, Arkansas on the road against Florida. Now, Arkansas has been one of the great stories of the college football season so far. A lot of people, including me, thought they would struggle to win one or two games against that 10-game schedule they have, maybe not even win any. Instead, they are sitting at 3-3, and scored 24 points in the third quarter to beat Tennessee in Fayetteville, and now they go on the road against Florida. I've got Arkansas plus the 17.5 points, the over 62.5. I love the coaching staff that Sam Pittman put together. Kendall Bryles, offensive coordinator. You've also got Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator. These guys seem to be working well together, uh, but Florida's going to score some points. I think that Florida defense is still a little bit suspect. I think Florida goes for over 40. Arkansas hits 28. That's the over. What say you? So are you on the over or the plus the points here? Uh, both. both. I'm, okay. on the, I'm on the Razorbacks plus the points and the over. I agree with the over, but I think Florida is going to absolutely dominate this game. I think they're I think they're probably the fourth best team in the country. I'd take them over Notre Dame, uh, if that's who you're considering for. I think Florida's offense has been super impressive. I think they could probably score 50-plus points here, and I'm, I'm going to take the minus 17.5 because it seems too good to be true. That's a lot of points for a pretty good Arkansas team. Yeah, look, this is also Felipe Franks' revenge game. Uh, remember, Felipe Franks broke yep. his leg against uh, against Kentucky that's when Kyle Trask came in. And frankly, the Florida Gator offense has been a lot better with Kyle Trask than it has been with Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks is a little bit of uh, a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get from him from one pass to the next. He can make every throw, uh, but I am going to uh, I'm going to roll here with, uh, with the Razorbacks to cover and also with the over to hit. Now, South Carolina at Ole Miss. I think this game is just going to be an absolute shootout. Ole Miss coming off their bye, South Carolina got drubbed by Texas A&M. I think both teams will score a lot of points. I can see this game over under 70. I can see this game going 80-plus. In fact, I see Ole Miss scoring 48, giving up 35. That's easily over the number. Really, the question, I think, more than anything else is, do you think South Carolina can score? And against this Ole Miss defense, pretty much everybody has been able to score. If Ole Miss doesn't turn the ball over, I don't see any way they don't score 40 what say you, Dub? Yeah, your last point there, I think, is the key point, is turnovers. Because to me, the only way this over doesn't hit is turnovers. Uh, we could see some fumbles, some interceptions in the red zone. To me, that's the only way that this doesn't fly over the total. I think this is, game's going to be in the 80s. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty fascinating one to watch. So, there you have it, the college football gambling picks. By the way, uh, Ole Miss turned the ball over seven times against Arkansas. That's how they ended up losing that game. I think that Ole Miss will handle it. I think they will roll. Uh, they'll win. I'm not sure that the number needs to be as high as it is, double-digit against South Carolina, but I do think that uh, Lane Kiffin and company will have a, uh, a fun show for put on for everybody down in Oxford. All right, 
Only eight college football gambling picks this week. I uh, encourage you to go get your picks in at FanDuel.com slash Clay. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. Tennessee now legal only for like a week. Have you been able to legally wager on sports in Tennessee? Also, as if that were not enough, by the way, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, uh, West Virginia, and Colorado, all of those places, $1,000 free wager if you go to FanDuel.com slash Clay. All right, when we come back, we'll dive into the slate of college football and the NFL, tell you what games we think are the absolute best. We are rolling through the program Friday edition. I hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your early weekend. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It is time for the final segment of the week. We are here in the Geico Outkick Studios. We are rolling through uh, the program, and it is now time for the Outkick six-pack of picks. And I got to say, we've been really kind of rolling in the NFL with the gambling picks. College football, not so much. But we are, last time I checked, and I believe this is an uh, accurate reflection, I believe we are 27 and 14, if I'm not mistaken. We went 3-2 and two last week. We had a push, and uh, we continue to kind of roll along, Dub. Does that number sound correct to you in terms of what we've done with the OutKick six-pack? Um, and uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and get your picks in. I am confident. I am I, I, I hate to say this because I don't want to jinx us, but I don't know that I have been more confident in a collection of OutKick six-pack all year. I love all six of these picks. Sometimes you're sitting there when you have to make the six-pack and you're like, man, I, I don't know about this. I don't feel that great about this one. That's not the scenario that's at play right here. And here we go. Dub, get your pen out, get your paper out. And let's see whether or not you agree with the direction that the picks are going right here. Rams, minus one and a half against the Seahawks. This is my favorite play. Lance Taylor liked this pick earlier in the show. He gave it out to you in hour one. I love this play. You've got the ability of Sean McVay sitting out for two weeks stewing over a disastrous performance on the road against Miami. Jared Goff was awful. You've got an atrocious Seahawk defense that is coming back after having played last week all the way on the other side of the country. Russell Wilson starting to show some chinks in the armor. I think that is going to continue. I like the Rams to win this game comfortably and to have a tie break over the Seahawks going forward. What say you, Dub, about my faith, about my confidence in the Rams to get it done against the Seahawks. Well, I think your faith and confidence is justified because this Rams offense, we've seen over the last few years, Sean McVay do his thing. And the Seattle defense has given up 455 yards per game. So I would not be shocked one bit if the Rams put up over 500 yards. The Rams are 8-1 and one against the spread off a loss, and they've had an extra week to think about that loss against the Miami Dolphins. So I think this is... I haven't heard your other plays yet, but I I have a strong feeling this is going to be the best one of the week. All right, so we're on the Rams. You and me both. We love the Rams against the Seahawks. Let's keep rolling. Keep the momentum going. Last week, worst performance of Tom Brady's career. The Bucks were obliterated at home by the Saints. Now, we told you to take the Saints plus the points last week. Uh, that was one of our winners that we had in the OutKick six-pack last week. And I felt good about it, and we were right. I didn't know we would win as easily as we did, but the Saints came out and dominated. This week, I am inside of Tom Brady's head. I can feel the anger. You know, like in the uh, in the trilogy, 
of Star Wars where, spoiler alert, you had Ray uh, and uh, and the uh, and the, the the what's the guy's name the the Adam Driver character. Yeah, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Look that up and figure out what Adam Driver's character was. They were able to see into each other's brains and like see their different world. And so that is what is going on right now with me and my ability to see into Tom Brady's mind. And it's just a seething mass of anger, okay? And that is over that performance, the embarrassment, everything that went on there. Christian McCaffrey injured, unlikely to be playing. Uh, Kylo Ren is his name. I can't believe I forgot that with my boys as much as they have been watching. Thank you for all of you blowing me up on social media to let me know that. And Dub obviously looking it up. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren and Ray could look into each other's brains and see each other's vision, kind of. They could see each other's world. I can see Tom Brady's world right now. It's an angry, seething place. Unfortunately for the Panthers, they are the next up in the uh, in the victimization uh, chart. And I think that the Bucks put a whipping on the Panthers. Come out, Teddy Bridgewater, no chance to cover here. I think the Bucks win by double digits. What say you, Dub? I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, Clay. I can't, personally, I can't bet on a team that's put up back-to-back performances like we've seen from the Bucks. They barely beat the New York Giants, who are arguably the second-worst team in the NFL, and they follow that performance up by getting absolutely bludgeoned, probably the worst loss in Tom Brady's career. I just have a hard time backing a team minus six on the road against a team led by Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, 32-11 and against the spread in his Teddy NFL covers. career. He's, yeah. a, he's a covering machine. So I'm going to have to go with the, uh, the Panthers on this one. A, a big part of that, by the way, with Teddy Bridgewater has been partly people don't buy into him. Like that happened with the Saints, which were a good team, and Teddy Bridgewater came in and went 5-0. and But all the success that he had with the Vikings, the Vikings were like the least respected gambling team. Mike Zimmer in general. It was unbelievable. He was winning at like 60% clips against the number. Nobody ever believed in the Vikings, and Teddy Bridgewater was a part of that. He certainly continued it, and he's done well as a uh, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers against the number this year. He covered uh, just uh, last week against the uh, Chiefs on the road. They had a chance potentially to win that game, but I am on the Bucks. I think they bounce back in a big way here. All right, here's another game I love. Buffalo is on the road against Arizona. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, offensive pyrotechnics. I know exactly where we are headed here. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be dialed up. Sean McDermott's going to be dialed up. The Bills are one of the most fascinating teams out there. Last year, it was like their offense couldn't do anything and the defense carried them week after week after week. Now Josh Allen's out there last weekend against the Seahawks. He threw for 415 yards. He's gunning the ball all over the field. I think the malaise that afflicted the Bills uh, where they lost back-to-back games against the Titans and then also against the Chiefs has started to lift. I like the Bills to go on the road and score some points. I like it to be a very competitive game. One of the most entertaining games of the day in the NFL. I am on the over 56 in this game. Buffalo, Arizona, the over 56. Dub, what say you? I agree with this. Last week, Arizona, they couldn't stop Tua Tagovailoa. And yep. that was with Tua coming off, let's be honest, a pretty pretty poor performance and a winning team effort in his opening start. And now they get Buffalo and Josh Allen and that high-flying offense. I think you're correct here. I think this one goes over. 
I like Buffalo on the side, but I think the total over, what is it, 55 and a half, 56? Yep. I see that going over because these are both great offenses and both defenses that are a little bit suspect, to say the All least. All right. So th- through three picks, let me re- uh, reinforce them here. The Rams minus a point and a half. We've got the Bucks minus six at the Panthers. And now Buffalo, Arizona, the over 56 as we roll through on uh, these picks. All right. Up next. Ravens on the road against the Patriots. I think that Cam Newton has been exposed. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Two touchdown passes, seven interceptions. Cam's time as a starting quarterback in the NFL is coming near a close. Marlon Humphrey's going to be back for the Ravens in theory. Uh, There are a lot of things I thought that I saw from the Ravens on the road against the uh, Colts that I loved. The Patriots, we know last year the Ravens handled them with Tom Brady. I think this Ravens defense is going to be all over Cam Newton and a very limited Patriots offense. I also think that the Patriot defense will play well against Lamar Jackson, which is why I like the under 43.5 in this game. Ravens against the Patriots, the under 43.5. Yeah, this is an odd one. Just to even say that out loud, I'm taking the under 43 and a half in a year like this year in the NFL where we've seen overs hit over and over again and by a large margin. But I agree with you here. If there's going to be an under to take this week, I think it's this game because, like you mentioned, the Patriots offense is basically non-existent and the Ravens defense shut down Indianapolis pretty much the whole game last week. So I think this is like a 20 to 7, 20 to 10 type game. Uh, Ravens, Pats, under. All right, so four picks in. Next one up. This is an interesting one because I think these guys are going to be playing a lot in the years ahead. The Dolphins going up against the Chargers. Justin Herbert, I mean, I saw this stat and I was like, this is unbelievable. The uh, the, the Chargers are doing something that is unheard of in terms of the way that they're losing. And I'm sorry for everybody out there who is a Charger fan that has to hear about this, but this was in our Fox Bet Live show yesterday. The data on this was pretty crazy. Uh, the Chargers have, uh, let me give you this, lowest average margin of defeat in the last 10 seasons. The Chargers at four points per game with a minimum of five losses are literally the least lucky or the most difficult string of losses that we've ever seen all rolled together. Justin Herbert is playing out of his mind last five games, two out of three nearly completion percentage, which is great for a rookie. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, passer rating of nearly 111. Uh, I love this game. I love everything about the over in this game. I think Tua's starting to make some plays, starting to impress uh, his teammates. The over-under in this game, 48.5. I think Herbert comes out and makes some plays. I think Tua comes out and makes some plays. And what I hope is the first of many great duels between these rookie quarterbacks. I hope they both can stay healthy and continue to make a lot of progress. Anthony Lynn against Brian Flores. The over hits here, over 48.5. Yeah, this number seems pretty low to me. I would suspect with the way things have gone this year, this to be in the low 50s. So I think there's some value here with the over. But you're right, these two young quarterbacks, we might be getting a glimpse into the future for the next 10, 12, 15 years with this matchup in the AFC I'll go over just because the number's low, I think. I think it should be above 50, so I'll go over 48 and a half. All right, last pick here. Uh, Texans plus three and a half against the Browns. You're listening to the Outkick six-pack, by the way. The Texans plus three and a half against the Browns. The Texans 
I believe, uh, not an awful team. All right, I know they have an awful record. I don't believe they're an awful team. And I think the Browns have been consistently overvalued so far this year. And I am not buying into the fact that the Browns are over three points better than the Texans. Deshaun Watson, a lot better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Uh, I know that they have the interim head coach, and I know that the Browns are 5-3 and three and thinking that they're going to have a chance to potentially make the playoffs. They want to make a run and put themselves into position to get into the playoff mix. This is the kind of game they can't lose if they want to put themselves in that position. But I think the Texans come on the road. I think they cover. It wouldn't stun me if the Texans won this one outright. Texans plus 3.5 at the Browns. I got to be honest. I bet this one the other way earlier in the week at, when it was minus three. I took the Browns, but this is all about numbers. Three and a half versus three is massive. At three and a half, I'd probably lean Texans, but it's just tough for me to bet on Houston, a team that's has two wins, both against the Jaguars. So I don't know. Uh, this is kind of a toss up game to me. If you made me bet it at three and a half, I probably would take the Texans. Uh, all right. So here are the six picks. You can also go see these at OutKick.com. They'll be up there on the website of the media company that I run. Uh, We'll have them all out there. Again, we have been doing a pretty good job so far in the NFL uh, six-pack. Last week, three, two, and one. We had a push, so we went three and two. Uh, And uh, I feel pretty good about these games. Again, really, really confident in our six-pack. We'll see how we do. Rams minus one and a half. The Bucks minus six. The Buffalo Bills-Arizona Cardinals game over 56. The Ravens and the Patriots under 43.5. Dolphins-Chargers over 48.5. And and the Texans plus 3.5 at the Browns. Those are my picks to lead you into the weekend. Dub, did you say you like the Rams pick the best of all of them? Yeah, that's the one. If you're going to pick one, that's the one I would pick. I think that one is pretty solid. It's almost scary how much I like it. You know that feeling when you see a number and you oh, like yeah. it so much? I'm kind of getting I that was, feeling. That's how I was with the Florida-Georgia game last week. Yeah. I, I, for Every now and then, a couple of times a year, if you are a gambler, you see a line and you just think this is fundamentally wrong. And sometimes that'll make you a little scared because you'll be like, what am I missing? Why is the market got it different than me? I've watched Florida coming into that game play every game so far that season. I'd watch Georgia play every game. Florida's the better team. So when I saw Georgia favored in the game, I went out and hammered it. And I ended up being right. You know, blood bank guarantee. I love the Rams in this game. I just think they are going to run away with this game against the Seahawks with Sean McVay having two weeks to get ready after an atrocious performance against the Dolphins. That defense for the Seahawks can't stop anybody The Rams' defense is one of the best in the NFL. The Seahawks are coming off a tough cross-country trip where they got bludgeoned by the Bills. And I just think that they are walking into a lion's den. And I think at the end of the day on Sunday, the Rams are going to be in first place with the tiebreak over the Seahawks in the NFC West. I really do. I love them to win this game by a touchdown or more. I I really do. I think they're going to take it to the Seahawks. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. All right. I love all of you. Thank you for spending yet another week with us at OutKick. 15 hours basically in the books here. We've had a lot of fun with you. I encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment of the show. My thanks to our guest, Bobby Barak, also to Lance Taylor. 
And I hope you guys enjoy the Masters rolling through the weekend. Enjoy your NFL and also enjoy your college football. So much to get into this weekend. Hope you enjoy it all. Thank you for hanging out with us. Also, if you want to get your gambling picks in, again, Rams minus one and a half, Bucks minus six, the over in the Buffalo, Arizona game, Ravens, Pats under, uh, the Dolphins, Chargers, the over, and the Texans plus three and a half. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.